0: Okay, we'll take your Bible this morning and turn to Matthew and chapter number 23, Matthew and chapter number 23. Uh, we've been in a little mini series within our series. The series is entitled Jesus is King. And uh, so we're <clears throat> we're going through the book of Matthew. We have been for about two and a half years, I guess it is now. Um, and so we're in chapter number 23, God willing, we're going to finish this chapter today, although um, it, it merits even a little bit more time. And I, I've got in my heart and mind a, a uh, application type message that I may preach even on a Wednesday night that's related to Sunday morning. And you say, well, why would you do that? Well, just I think there's some things that even just our church family needs to hear out of this passage and, and related to it. You're welcome. To come on Wednesday night, though. All our services are open to everybody. We have a different service every. Uh, all three services are different. We're going through uh, Matthew in the mornings and First Samuel at night, and then we're in the book of First John on most Wednesday nights. And so, anyways, uh, maybe a fourth part that gets put on a Wednesday night. Not necessarily for sure we're going to do that, but I've got some thoughts about it. But right now, let's give our attention to verse number 25. Um, chapter 23, you'd see in verse 1, it probably would help just to see that he's speaking to the multitude and his disciples, and he's speaking about the scribes and Pharisees. Well, you'll get that from verse 25, but just jumping into verse 25 may seem like a little bit of a shock factor, but here we go. You ready? Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within... But within, they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first. Notice what Jesus says here. Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So it's not like the outside wasn't important. It was important, but so was the inside. Right. So I don't know about you, but when I wash dishes, uh, which thankfully I don't do a lot of that because it really hurts my back a lot. And so (laughs) anyways, uh, but when I wash dishes, you know, you're you're washing the the outside. But isn't it the inside of whatever was cooked in that really needs the most attention? Wasn't it true of us that it's really the inside of us that needs a lot of attention, but also the outside? So it's not like one is important, the other is not. Okay, verse 27. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish. Uh, That word garnish, I may forget later on, that word garnish means like, it's a word from which we get, it's cosmos. And so the word which we get cosmetology and cosmetics. So, I mean, the idea is they're really dressing it up. You really dress up. Uh, the sepulchers of the righteous and say, notice what they say in verse 30. If we had been in the day of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. (laughs) Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? If they didn't escape, how can you? You're doing the same thing. Verse 34, wherefore behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them you shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. Notice what he does here. This is from Genesis to the end of the Old Testament. From the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barakias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. But please do notice the heart of our Savior that's communicated In verse 37 and following, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings. And here, here was the problem, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And so uh, this morning, this is part three again in our many, in our mini-series within the series, we've, we've titled each week this: Behind the Mask of Religion. Behind the Mask of Religion. And in part one, we saw the dark side of trying to live for God without God. Part two, uh, last week, uh, we considered uh, the verses there as he began that section on woe, and we called it this, stop performing on the stage of Christianity. Stop play acting, stop playing church. Be the church that he wants us, wants us to be. And then part three today, you can't judge a Pharisee by his cover. You can't judge a Pharisee by its cover. You know, we say we can't judge a book by its cover. And sometimes that means, of course, that it was a really good book. Didn't have an attractive cover. Well, here it is. They've got a really attractive cover, but it's a terrible book inside. You got it? All right. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you so much for standing um, in honor of God's word and some comments along the way. Hopefully it helped you pay attention to the reading. That's my intent. A few um, weeks back, uh, we had the privilege. We were about to fly out to uh, Israel, but we were in New York City that weekend just to be ready to leave on Monday. And so, we had the privilege to go to Union Baptist Church. I've shared a little bit of this with the church before, so church, if you bear with me, I just I feel like it sets the the scene here for what we're considering. But Union Baptist Church, for those of you that are guests, um, has has come under the care of. Open Door Bible Baptist Church in Astoria, Queens, New York. It also, uh, Union Baptist is uh, located in Queens, just a little bit down the road. And, uh, but it was built in 1863. 1863. And uh, so during Civil War time, and they are in the process of renovating, updating uh, the church. And Pastor Montoro and the dear people there and others have helped out in that restoration process. Our church has been a part of trying to help financially to, to update. I, I mean, we renovated this auditorium that was built in 1974. And it took us a year and a half, you know, to see what we enjoy right now. And, but can you imagine trying to update one built in 1863? Well, it's quite a process. Well, uh, what, what's amazing to the people that live there, the residents, as well as developers and builders and such as that, is that it? Actually, that they actually are renovating it to still be a Baptist church. What often happens in New York City and other places like that, that's very historic, is that they have this um, this front and they want to retain that because it just looks amazing and old because it is right. So they want to keep that look. They want to keep. That facade, but behind that, it may, it may actually be apartments or condominiums or even places of business. And so people make a lot of money. Um, the city requires that you retain the front, but you can make the back whatever you want to. Well, the people that live there are quite amazed that actually they, they've kept it as Union Baptist Church. And that what you see on the outside is actually what it is on the inside. Uh, Brother Montoro shared with me on this recent trip that he's had movie uh, makers and and people, you know, that are dealing with cinematography and so forth that come. And and because that area actually is pretty well known for making movies there. And, and so like gangster movies, you know, during the 1920s and 30s, that scene, or the 40s and such. And so they've said, hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars if we can just kind of use the front of your building just for the movie set. And he has declined and probably declined a lot of money. But he has declined because it is a Baptist church, not a movie set. Because what it is on the outside is what it is on the inside. When the Lord Jesus Christ called his disciples to follow him, he called them to be genuine believers. And what we are on the inside ought to be reflected by what we are on the outside and vice versa, if you follow what I'm saying. Who we present ourselves to be on the outside ought to be a reflection of who we are on the inside. Here we are, predominantly members of Southwest Baptist Church, sure glad to have guests here, maybe other believers. There may be somebody here that doesn't know Jesus as Savior, and I just want to say to you right now while I'm thinking about it, He wants to save you, as we've already mentioned even what the gospel is all about, but but I think even those of you that maybe are not yet believers, and we hope that you become one, you would say this, I expect that Christians would act like Christians, and you would have every reason to do so. I I don't remember all the details. It's just coming to me here in the spur of the moment. But I believe it was Gandhi who said that he would become a Christian had it not been for Christians. Is that right? What he saw in Christians didn't match what Jesus taught. Well, I'm afraid that sometimes what is happening is that what, what is a facade uh, of Christianity or church however you want to refer to that, people go into church and they, they look good and here you are, I'm preaching to you today. But remember, anytime that the word is open, the preacher's already hit it, got it hit right here in the heart already, you know, because I need the same grace of God that you need just because we're all sinners made of the same stuff. And by, by the grace of God, we'd all be on our way to hell and needing, and, and needing salvation. And so you expect your preacher to be who he who he presents himself to be, not just a suit-wearing uh, uh, pastor and, and Bible preacher but you are right to expect that I would also try to live this book, not just preach this book. And woe unto any preacher that just preaches the book but doesn't try to live the book. Are we perfect? Do we have issues? Oh no, we're not perfect and boy, do we have issues. I'm not here today to disclose all of them, but I'm just simply here to say, listen, I'm not not saying that, that we have to be like perfect. None of us can be, only Jesus is, but he told us to be perfect for our Father in heaven is perfect. In other words, he's saying, listen, don't be one thing when you come to church and another thing when you go to work. Don't be one thing when you're sitting in front of, the, uh, in front of uh, the screen watching live stream, maybe if you're not feeling well that day. If you're feeling well, you ought to be in church. Somebody say amen right there, because it's not right to be a member of a church and not gather with a church. I just thought I'd kind of insert that right in there. But, but listen, it's not right for you to sit in front of that screen and watch live stream for one moment and then watch a, a, an inappropriate show the next. It's hypocrisy, and I'm afraid, obviously, there's too much going on in that, in that exactly the same way because I think even in Jesus' day and time, as we're picking up on it from the book of Matthew, that, that the people have kind of grown accustomed to the uh, Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of their day, that, that they had this religious facade, they had the robes, they had the phylacteries, they had they had, uh, they had the, uh, the yarmulkes, and they had all the other all the regalia, they had the positions, they had the titles, And yet they also knew the Pharisees and how they were extortioners and how they took advantage of people and maybe cheated some out of their money. Maybe thought they were a little bit above. Everybody could treat people the way that they wanted to. Am I going too fast? Are you following along right here? They they knew the Pharisees. They knew that they had devoured widows' houses. They knew how they had treated the people. They even knew some of them that had been sensual. There they were presenting themselves as though they were all uh, all these pious people. And yet behind the scenes, they knew how they were on Saturday. They knew that when they brought that woman taken in adultery that there was another man that was also involved in that Come on now, if it's adultery, it took two, isn't that right? But who did they bring? They brought the woman for Jesus to stone. They didn't bring the man, and I can't make a case as to who that man was, but I wonder if it wasn't one of their Pharisee brothers that they were kind of covering for or somebody else like that. I'm just totally speculating right here, but but maybe it was one of them, but I know for sure they didn't bring the man, but they caught the woman in the very act, and if they caught them in the very act, then they let the man go, why? Maybe because they were living out some of their pharisaical ways, presenting themselves to be all this pious and righteous, and yet they're wicked, wicked behind the scenes. That's not right. It's not right. It's not right. And, and people maybe got accustomed to it. Maybe they kind of expected there would be a facade, but something on the other side. But listen, just because people get accustomed to that, it, it, uh, Jesus is right here saying, I don't want that in my followers. It can be a religious veneer. And for three weeks God has worked on us here about this. I'm afraid that many churches are just like a movie set where the drama of people are playing church. Some of you here today that, that just last night you were watching something you shouldn't have been watching. Here you are in church. Just this past week, you were, you were uh, not talking kindly to your spouse or yelling at your kids or just this past week, you were uh, maybe even being dishonest at your workplace. Or maybe this past week, you, you, you drank a beer just because you need to kind of relax a little while and you know what alcohol has done to our society. You may even kind of try to soothe your conscience, say it's not that big of a deal. And, and maybe even the Bible condones social drinking. You won't find anything in here, friend, that'll condone social drinking. You're just trying to make it that way to make yourself feel a bit better because you're a hypocrite. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm just trying to say there can be the same religious veneer in our day as there was in Jesus' day, and it's off-putting. I say it's off-putting. Last week when we left left off, we saw that they they strained in a net, and yet they swallowed a camel. What that means is that they didn't want to drink anything that was unclean. I don't blame them. I think I'm going to strain out every net that I can. Keep every. You know, you, every gnat that's flying around, you know, here we're going to have some time outside. Well, you don't want a mosquito. You want to fly. You want to sh- shoot them away. You don't want them in your drink. That's unclean. And we, we don't want that. And, and so they would strain out all these little bugs. And yet Jesus said, you're swallowing a camel. We left off last time saying that it's, it is, uh, it's hypocritical for those that are independent fundamental Baptists that have high dress standards that present themselves as having high dress standards. And yet in private, they're watching pornography. That's hypocritical. You got these high dress standards and yet you're watching pornography. Where's the dress standards in that? You say that doesn't happen. No, it does happen, friend. Yeah. It does happen and it's a problem. It's a problem and it's no wonder that maybe people like Gandhi say, you know, I would become a Christian, but I know a bunch of phonies, and a bunch of fakes. So I'm not here today, I'm not here to, to cast the first stone because all, every one of us have, have, have the same issue that we can present ourselves one way and yet be another way. We all have that propensity. But here's what I think we need to do is, is not, not point out all the religious facades that's out there and, and say, you know, those, those Catholics or those Lutherans or those Mennonites or those Amish or, or those uh, German Baptists or whoever it is you want to point out, those Church of God. How about we just get right down to it and just say Southwest Baptist Church. I'll not have members that act one way in church and another way when they're in their private times. Ever since the Garden of Eden, man has tried to cover up. Adam and Eve sinned and they immediately hid in the garden and sowed them fig leaves, trying to hide their nakedness. And listen, I'm telling you, friend, God God knew where they were and they could not hide from him. And I'm telling you this morning, you may present yourself one way, but God knows who you really are. Knows how you really are. And you're not faking him out. You may be faking everybody else out. But you won't fake God out, dear friend. And he loves you too much to let you try to keep going on like you're trying to go on. A religious front is not sufficient to hide your true spiritual condition. Okay, well, this is pretty heavy, isn't it? Do we need it? Or should I just let you out early? (laughs) Let's look at what Jesus said in verse number 25 again, if you would, please. He says, whoa, that means condemnation, judgment. It also has heart to it. It's not like he's saying, yeah, you're going to get it and I'm glad you are. No, that's the wrong spirit. Pharisees had that spirit. Jesus says, woe unto you. Don't you understand? Don't you understand uh, what, what's going on here and, and how you're messing, messing other people's lives up? Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Because he says in verse 25, you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter the dish that you eat out of wherever, but within they're full of extortion. That means they evidently out of greediness, cheating people out of their money, and excess means self-indulgence. So that self-indulgence evidently is, a, is connected to that extortion. So they, the, the Pharisees were wealthy individuals, the scribes, the Sadducees, and they loved it that way. And oh my soul, they, they, they basically did this. They took advantage of people to live in a luxurious way. I don't think it's right for a preacher. I don't think it's right for a preacher to live luxuriously. You follow me? Now, I'm not saying you ought to starve your preacher, and you don't. You do take real good care of your preacher. I'm not saying that at all. But for somebody to have his own airplane, for somebody to have his own yacht, and somebody anyways, I could get off on that in a hurry. I could get off on that in a hurry, but I'm here to tell you it's so wrong. It's so hypocritical because they're taking advantage of little widow women that are, that are sending in their monies just to try to get some help. And they're maybe even sincere, the women, the widow ladies are. But here's, here's uh, this guy by the last name of Dollar. That ought to be a red flag right there. That, and he can't help that, I guess. But, but, but anyways, basically this, they're more interested in the fleece than they are in the flock. And that same thing's going on uh, in this day and time as well. But, but Jesus says here, you, you present yourself one way. You outwardly appear to be pure, to be uh, clean. And, and yet inwardly, you are absolutely corrupt. I mean, really, both are important here. The inside and outside of the cup. But if, if this, if I had, I, I didn't do it today, I, uh, but if I had this cup just filled with dirt and this, this cup not, which one would you rather drink out of? Well, it's pretty obvious. This one that was, would be filled with dirt. You'd say, I'm not drinking out of that because it looks nasty. Now you could see that, but, but here it was, the, the Pharisees, they had a good cover. Their glass of their life, so to speak, looked ornate on the outside. But on the the inside, it was toxic. On the inside, it was filthy. On the inside, it was defiled. And that's off-putting. We were, uh, Angie and I were eating at uh, one of our favorite restaurants uh, back in Springfield. And and this is just one of those little things that happened. And we've been back since then. But I'll, I'll tell you, it makes you kind of think about maybe not going back. We were there and enjoying some uh, cashew chicken, and and she bit into a bite, and it had the staple from like the the cardboard box, you know, not 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 like a little staple, but like <laughs> the big ones that hold the boxes together. It was like in the meal. Well, that 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 stopped us right there. My mom, we were eating down in Branson and at a, at a restaurant that's no longer in business. Huh. At a steak steakhouse and of some sort and not anything real fancy, but nice. And and, and she was eating and bit into a bite and it was a cucklebur in there. Or you might call it a goat's head. You know, what I'm talking about like in the fall time, and they get all over your shoes and strings and they're just a terror. I mean, it's like it's like a berry with an attitude because it's got all these spikes. You know what I'm talking about? And you go to pull it off, and man, it just, I mean, it punctures you pretty bad. Well, she bit into one of those. Well, no wonder the place is not in business anymore. Now, it looked good on the outside. I mean, it was all garnished. The plate was all nice and clean and the cup and everything, but there was something wrong on the inside. That's what Jesus is saying right here. And listen, maybe that's why some people have gotten out of church because they say, you know, if that's how it is there, they look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're wicked, they're vile. And maybe that's why some churches are no longer open anymore. Jesus says, woe unto you. Don't present yourself one way on the outside and a different way on the inside. Here's a solution. Look what he said. He said in the next verse, first cleanse what's on the inside. It's not like he's saying, you know, just he's not saying here, don't clean the outside. No, you need to be clean on the outside. But if you'll clean what's on the inside, I just know that from washing dishes, as I mentioned already before, that if I'm going to wash the inside, I'm just naturally going to wash the outside. Here's what happens, I believe, when a person genuinely, I'm talking about genuinely, comes to faith in Jesus Christ by way of repentance, they change they get cleansed biblically the bible says that such were some of you but you are justified you are washed you are cleansed by the washing of the water by the word hey listen something changes on the inside of you that has an effect on the outside and thus I've known people that were, that were alcoholics, that were in the sense of giving themselves to the alcohol. They, they listen, they were saved and then they have nothing to do with it anymore or used to smoke or used to cuss or used to carouse around, but something changed on the inside and it even changed the way that they looked on the outside. The Lord here is saying, listen, don't be hypocritical. Be pure, be cleansed. And then then he said this. He said this. Everybody still following along right here? Okay, three of you are. I'd like a few more. He said, You're like a whited sepulchre. A whited sepulchre. Now, why why would he say whited sepulchre? Well, Right around the Passover time, actually, this is when annually they would go and they would use lime or they use something to kind of whitewash that tomb, because their their tombs were not like our areas of burial. Uh, We have you know graveyards that are just a lot of people buried there. They may have one here. They may have one another place. There are people all over the place just kind of buried randomly, randomly. And at a time there was a family maybe that took care of things to make sure that you know uh, people knew where the tomb was, so that then they would not be defiled. The Jews avoid dead bodies because of defilement. So to mark where those tombs are, they would whitewash those tombs to identify, here's a dead person, don't come here, you'll be defiled. Jesus said, you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, you are like a whitewashed tomb. You look good on the outside, and yet inside you're full of dead man's bones. I wonder if Jesus could say the same thing today there are people that have a good look on the outside and yet they're lost? Could be that they're lost? Not born again? Full of dead men's bones? Full of death? But listen, I think it also would apply to you and I. He's speaking to his disciples. Now he's speaking directly to the, to the scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, but he's doing so in the earshot of all of us so that we would take heed and not be one way outside and another way on the inside. Is everybody with me up to this point or do I need to start all the way over? And You say you're saying a lot of the same thing over and over about one way outside, one way inside. Well, you're getting the message then. Right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just here to tell you, friend, it doesn't matter what your name is, how long you've been here, it doesn't matter what your last name is. If you, your religious front, your religious front will not solve, will not work with God Because he knows how you really are. And then he said this. He said, you blind Pharisees, you scribes and hypocrites. He says, here's what you do. You build these ornate uh, monuments and memorials to the prophets. These tombs. Acting like you would agree with them. (laughs) While we were in Israel... We were coming down from the Mount of Olives on our way to the Garden of Gethsemane, and we saw a sign that said, Tomb of the Prophets. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't, it wasn't like it was Isaiah and Malachi and such, but it was some of their prophets, I would imagine. I, don't, I really don't know all the details on that, but there they were. They were marking there and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of attention given to it. While we're up on Mount Carmel, you see a statue of, of uh, Elijah and how he had his, his foot on the... <laughs> About to take out a prophet of Baal. I mean, that's just what the Bible says. And and so they had a prophet, uh, a statue there honoring the prophet Elijah. And here's what Jesus is saying. You've got all these monuments. You've got all these statues honoring these prophets. And yet you're going against what they preached. You're honoring Elijah. And yet you yourself are between two opinions. Are you following this right here? You honor Isaiah, and yet you yourself are hypocritical, just like Isaiah preached against. Is. Don't tell me, Jesus is basically saying, don't tell me, oh, if we had been there, we would not have killed Isaiah. If we were there, we would not have harmed the prophet, uh, uh, whatever uh, prophet you want to mention that's in the Old Testament. We wouldn't have, we would have honored them. He said, You're a hypocrite, because right now, I have sent. Well, by the way, the fact that he sent indicates that he's God. I have sent prophets to you, I've sent wise men to you, and I will continue to do so. And some of them you will kill, some of them you will scourge in your synagogues, and some of them you will chase down from city to city. And that's exactly what you read in the book of Acts. And here they were acting like, oh, we love preachers. We wouldn't kill a bunch of them like our forefathers did. He said, No, you are prophet killers, modern day prophet killers. Now, I'm glad I'm preaching to Southwest Baptist Church people that love preaching and love their pastor, and not one pastor has died here. That's been a real blessing. So, thank you very much. We're off to a really good start and continuation. Amen. Amen. And I know I'm preaching to people that love your pastor and love the teachers, not just this preacher, but all these preachers that are up here and the song leader that's up here who can also teach and preach. But I'm just simply saying you, you love those that are your spiritual leaders. I don't think it's any kind of a facade, but, but I, I tell you what is hypocritical to shake a hand of somebody and say thank you, preacher. I appreciate the message and then go completely against what was preached. Oh, we, we but we honor we honor uh, the man of God. Well, that's wonderful. You should, and but I'll tell you the best the best way to honor the people that God sends do what God says. Don't build monuments. Don't build memorials. None of us need that. None of us deserve that. But I tell you what, God deserves obedience. On the part of his people. Jesus said, You're like those that honor, and you but from the blood of Abel in Genesis, the righteous Abel that was the first righteous person killed by a wicked person, Cain his own brother. From Abel to Zechariah, and there's discussion about which Zechariah this is, but in second chronicles chapter number 24, it's in my notes, somewhere right in there. Uh, then, then a prophet named jo- Zechariah was killed and actually Second Chronicles in the Hebrew Bible is the last book of the Hebrew Bible and ours is Malachi. But basically Jesus is saying, here's the canon of the Old Testament. From Genesis to 2 Chronicles, you were acting just like your forefathers. What he's saying there is your religious facade Your religious front is not deceiving the one who knows all. And you're a bunch of serpents and a generation of vipers. In other words, you're not only dangerous to yourself, you're dangerous to others. Now, this is hard for me to preach all these things in many ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I don't want to come across like I'm saying "You're, you're a bunch of snakes. That's not it at all. But somebody here today, maybe many people today need to really get with it and stop playing church the heart of our saviors in verse 37 through 39 oh jerusalem jerusalem thou that kills the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto thee how often in our god good to give us a bunch of opportunities how many messages have you heard some somebody here today might be the first time you've heard somebody preach could be Well, God loved you enough to give you an opportunity. I can't guarantee you that you'll have more. If you continue to live and Jesus tarries His coming, then you will have the opportunity to hear more because He's a gracious God. But you don't know what day you're going to pass from this life. And I would urge you here today to trust Him as your Savior today. But these, these, these messages here from this chapter 23 has really confronted Southwest Baptist Church right where we've lived. And how many times has God spoke to you and yet you don't get right what God wants you to get right? They could have been in a place of protection and yet they were in a place of judgment because they wouldn't come under His wings. You know, the safest place for you and your family to be? Under His wings. Yet they would be left desolate the city would be destroyed. I, I believe that's what he's referring to in verse number 38. That the city would be destroyed. The temple would be destroyed. Eighty seventy. That is exactly what happened. And yet he is still, friend, coming again. And then the Jews that are there at that time will say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But the Lord Jesus did squarely. Condemn the scribes and Pharisees because they put on a religious front to hide their true spiritual condition, but it did not work then, and it does not work now. And there's only one solution salvation by grace through faith, and then after salvation, letting Him take His word and cleanse you. I'm sure this is why Jesus and the Pharisees had such a collision. Or in words we pointed this out. Jesus emphasized the inward man. They emphasized the outward. Jesus emphasizes a relationship with God. Pharisees emphasize rules and regulations. Jesus emphasized character. The scribes and Pharisees emphasized reputation. But you know what I found? Like what D.L. Moody said, if, you'll take, if I'll take care and let God develop the character in me that I ought to have, He'll take care of my reputation. Which do you have today? Character or just a reputation? Then we as we said this, the Lord was humble, they are proud. The holy life of Jesus exposed their artificial piety and shallow religion. Instead of coming out of the darkness, the Pharisees tried to put out the light. I'd urge you today This message has been convicting to you, and you know that even as a Christian, even as a member of this church, you've been living in the shadows of sin. Don't try to put out the light. It won't work. Instead, get real. Get right with Him. Because you can't judge a Pharisee by his cover, nor a Baptist. Giving is no cover for greediness. Service is insufficient to cover sensuality. Singing is insufficient to cover a cynical spirit. Standards are insufficient to cover hidden sin. What is needed is a genuineness in salvation, a genuine prayer life, genuine time with God, genuine praise, genuine service, and stop playing the game. Because He loves you. Please don't be like the Pharisees who would not. God... um, I come to you this morning through your word you've confronted us. And I thank you that you lovingly do so. Lord, that pharisaical spirit can reside today as well. There can be a duplicity. There can be a double life. Lord, would you help us today? I, I do pray, God, that you would help someone here today that's confronted with the fact that they're not saved, that they wouldn't try to act like they were, that they wouldn't brush it off, but that they would come to you for salvation. And then, dear God, I pray you'd help us, Lord. Um, your word rebukes us, it reproves us, but you also exhort us and you help us. And I pray dear God that you root out of us any kind of hypocrisy. There's a world that certainly needs to know true genuine believers that are real. And I pray that you'd help us to be just that and I'm thankful God that I believe I'm preaching to a congregation today that does live that, But we would be fooling ourselves to think that there's not examples of those that would be duplicit in their life. Would you help, dear God, to root all that out, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.